MC Lobshire, the host of the Cash Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cash flow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. And in today's show, we're looking at coffee and chocolate cash flow. I'm joined in today's episode by David Sowell. David has been on the show sharing his offshore coffee farm opportunity in Panama in episode 33. And David also shared his offshore cacao farm opportunity in Belize in episode 107. I would highly recommend you to check out both of those episodes for more information on those specific opportunities. David is the managing director of Agro Nosotros with an extensive business background in private equity, venture capital, and offshore. David's attention is focused on offshore hard assets in Latin America that offer real growth potential with a sustainable income and turnkey management in place. The businesses currently under the Agro Nosotros umbrella include International Coffee Farms, Belize Cacao Consortium, Peiny Cacao Plantation, Mahogany Chocolate, and The Perfect Pear. For more specific information on all these opportunities that David will share and discuss in today's episode, you can go to agronosotros.com. That is A-G-R-O-N-O-S-O-T-R-O-S.com. MC Lobshire, the creator and host of the Cashflow Ninja and president of Producers Wealth. And I'm on a mission to help you achieve economic and financial freedom as quickly as possible. I achieve this by integrating the infinite banking concept with real estate investments to increase your efficiency and returns and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware of that you're losing. I share the number one strategy for investors in my holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. David, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, always great to connect. And for new listeners, David has been on our show previously. Uh, I'll have links to both of those uh, previous episodes in today's show notes. For our new listeners, David, um, can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey and uh, all the interesting and exciting things that, uh, that you're up to and involved in? I sure can. I've been offshore for quite some length of time. I'm Canadian. I served in the Canadian military in the, in the Canadian 
Royal Canadian Navy uh, from 1968 until 1980, finally getting out of the military as a destroyer combat officer. Um, after that, I went back to school and did an MBA and joined the uh, commercial world, the business world, um, corporate world. Quickly discovered I hated that and uh, left the corporate world and, and uh, moved on to my own entrepreneurial path of, in the very early 80s. And I've been doing the same thing ever since. I left Canada in 89, uh, looking for warmer weather and lower taxes. And I found both of those, funnily enough, in Southern California. Weather was great, and uh, for a Canadian in those days, where the marginal tax rate above 50%, the tax situation in California at that time was a, like a tax haven to me. It was a big reduction in taxes. So I went to Southern California and hung out there for quite a few years, uh, building a few businesses, uh, selling investments mainly uh, in the uh, private equity uh, uh, business, the private equity format, uh, private placements for small businesses. And I've always been in that venture capital mode for uh, most of my career, uh, helping smaller investors, uh, medium-sized investors uh, participate in some unique offerings. And uh, very little uh, effort on uh, institutional investors and big funds and things like that. I'm a, I'm a one-off one kind of person with uh, small and medium-sized investors. So. Uh, one thing led to another. We uh, retired out of Florida, finally moved to Florida and retired out of there in 2006. Uh, my wife and I decided that uh, Panama would be a great place for us to hang our hat. Uh, after that, we moved here. We've been here ever since. Um, 2007, we are uh, permanent residents in, in Panama and has we're, you know, when we got here, it was retired. I didn't do very much. Uh, I got a, got a home on the beach and watched the tide come in and watched the tide go out and watched the tide come in and watched the tide go out. And that got kind of boring after a very short period of time. Cast around to do some things, did a little bit of consulting in the precious metals business. Finally bumped into a group of people in Colombia that were interested in developing coffee farms down there. I consulted to them as a marketing and sales guy, helped them raise six and a half million dollars to put their business on the map. And uh, because I had written the business plan for them and the business model, which is the same one as we're using today in Panama, once they were finished doing their thing, we segued back to Panama where both uh, my partner Darren Doyle and uh, my wife and I live and lived during that consulting contract as well and we did the same thing here. So 2014 we started looking around for farms, bought our first farm in 2015, our first coffee farm in 2015. We're just about to acquire our 11th coffee farm this week here in Panama and two years ago we segued into Belize and did the same thing exactly um, as we're doing in coffee buying farms, subdividing them into small parcels and offering them to individual investors as a hard asset offshore. Uh, we did that in ca the cacao business in Belize. For, with those of you who don't know what cacao is, it's the base ingredient in chocolate. So they're chocolate farms, if you really want to call it that. And we have three over there that are quite a bit larger than the coffee farms here. And we've just in the process of acquiring our fourth there. So we're up to 15 farms. In a nutshell, that's where we are. That's uh, it's quite amazing, and I know when uh, we started uh, connecting and started having conversations, uh, it was uh, the the coffee in Panama that that uh, that you guys started with that, that we discussed and shared. And I was just fascinated because it's it's an it's within the agriculture space and offshore agriculture space and two very specific niches. 
coffee and chocolate, and there's quite <laughs> there's quite a demand for both of those uh, globally, David. Yes, there is. That's that's one of the main driving forces behind the strategy is to define products that are already there. I mean, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to teach anybody anything new. The consumption and the demand is there. We're not inventing a new widget in Silicon Valley that may or may not be successful that you're investing in. It's coffee. It's the only legal drug at the moment. <laughs> and it's uh, chocolate. And the demand for the products far exceeds the supply. So that's the main driving force behind the strategy is to find niche agricultural products that have that low demand or high demand and low supply. And specialty coffee is uh, fits perfectly into that. Not commercial coffee. We're not in the commercial coffee business. We're in the specialty coffee business. And this is the stuff that sells for two, three, five, ten, twenty times what you would pay for a regular cup of joe on the on the shelf in the in a grocery store. Uh, same with chocolate or with cacao. It's specialty cacao. It's handled differently. It's marketed differently. It's in micro lots in both cases, small quantities of varieties of different coffees and chocolates sold sold directly through direct trade right to the end user. Um, eliminating a lot of the middlemen who uh, just simply eat up margin and don't provide very much value, allowing us to feed back to the farmers a considerably larger amount of money than they would otherwise get if we weren't involved in the business plan that we do. So our socially sustainable side is an extremely important part of our business structure. I like how you put that together too, from a from a, a big picture perspective, and then showing us exactly in which side and exactly where you operate in that niche. One of the things uh, that I wanted to touch on too is Belize and Panama, those areas, because I, I, I just from researching and reading on a little bit, one of the reasons why there is uh, so much more demand than the supply available too is that in certain areas of the world. It, there's there's a little bit of instability, right, for coffee-producing countries or the, where the beans are produced, and and also uh, uh, some some of the chocolate. Um, Belize has, has been quite a. There's been a significant amount of growth on there. Maybe you can share a little bit about that, and then also Panama, which uh, I was down there. I think in 2008, maybe 2009, and there was a lot of stuff going on. But it's been uh, quite interesting to see the growth uh, of those two uh, specific areas and regions. Yeah, they're amazing, actually. Uh, Panama has uh, weathered the financial crisis, if you want to call it that, in 2008 and 2009. Their GDP growth rate at that point in time <coughs> excuse me, was in the 10 11% range annually. Um, after the crisis, they dropped, of course, like everybody else did, but only down to like 3 3.5%. I mean, the U.S. has never even recovered to 3% yet and would kill for those kind of numbers. And Panama is back at 6 or 7 steadily steady growth in GDP. So the country is phenomenally well put together with the Panama Canal and and uh, various other sources of revenue. So it's a very stable place here, very stable place. It's a halfway house for gringos is what I call it. It's a great place for people to come from America and, and uh, get out of the, uh, the whatever's going on back in the States and come here and participate in the economy or just retire it's dollars uh, the u.s dollars the currency it's feet pound inches miles gallons so everything's uh, understandable it's only a couple hours flight from the grandkids 
So the economy here is strong. And then Boquete, where we are in Panama, in the highlands of uh, the western part of the country, is where the coffee is all grown. It's a distinctly different area, um, but it has the, the backing of the entire country, which is strong, but it also has the backing of hundreds of years of high-end specialty coffee being grown right here in this area. It's a, it's a finite opportunity there's not it's not big there's not there's not an infinite amount of land up here that's appropriate for growing coffee so we're acquiring farms as quickly as we can we have 11 now and i suspect that uh, although i can't verify it uh, um, statistically i'm pretty sure that we're probably the third largest coffee farmer in the area right now and most likely the largest specialty coffee farmer because the other two big farmers or three big farmers are commercial coffee farmers. So we're getting along with the, 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 everybody here. We're doing our thing and we have a specialty niche in Boquete where world famous specialty coffee is sought after by many, many people in the coffee industry. We don't need to go to the world to sell our coffee from here. We have the blessing of them coming to us and bidding on our coffee in our micro lot strategy to keep small micro lots of very special varietals processed in very unique ways um, traceable right from the coffee seedling or right from the coffee bean that's planted in the ground all the way to the cup and that traceability is an important aspect so Panama has it wired as far as we're concerned uh, Belize is a, a different animal um, it's a very small place, only 365,000 people in the entire country. So it's like a big city. I mean, everybody's related to everybody else. Pretty well, everybody knows everybody else. So it's interesting. Uh, poor, not anywhere near the uh, middle class society that Panama has. They have a GDP that is in the $3,000 range whereas uh, per capita, whereas uh, Panama has uh, $17,000. It's they're, they're both picayune compared to the U.S., but for uh, uh, third world countries in Central America, the numbers are relevant. So they're considerably poorer than Panama. Um, the cacao industry, the cacao business is um, has been really estimated, I would say, uh, over the last uh, 10 years, by, by their own hand, unfortunately. They've lost control of, of being able to export fine flavored cacao on a consistent, reliable basis at a regular price. And so the world has turned from the, their specialty cacao to other cacao in Peru and Ecuador and lots of other places that grow really good cacao. And the chocolatiers and chocolate makers are using that. And our function, I think, in, in Belize is to light, re, re, rekindle the fire underneath Belize cacao and uh, develop that market. And we've done that so far. We've come into the marketplace and we now have 204 farming, cacao farming families organically certified under our brand that sell their cacao every weekend to us, their cacao wet beans every weekend in the harvest season to us exclusively. We pay them double what the former competition paid them, which was a, um, a number that was under the cost of production and did not socially sustain anybody, period. So we fixed that by uh, uh, some business moves that we made that 
didn't make the other people all, all that happy, but it sure made the farmers happy. And uh, quickly, 204 of them have signed up and have been organically certified by us. And we buy six, eight, 10 tons of cacao every weekend from these farmers. We pay cash in their hands and uh, it's floating the boats of, a lot, of an awful lot of people and an awful lot of families. We vertically integrated that business so we didn't have to depend on a variety of people doing anything. We do it ourselves and we know exactly what our quality is. We know exactly what our traceability is. We know exactly what our costs are. Uh, so we built our own fermentation and drying depot, state-of-the-art, beautiful thing. You can see it when you go to the BelizeCacaoConsortium.com website and there's a video up there with our annual report on it. And there's a 45 minutes of a tour through all of our farms. So we're vertically integrated right up to Mahogany Chocolate in the, in the chocolate store, which is located in the uh, Mahogany Bay Resort in Ambergris Key, um, an island off the coast of uh, Belize. It's the number one tourist destination island in the world for many, many years. And we have the privilege of being the only chocolate shop in the townlet that serves this uh, four-star Hilton-branded resort so the vertical integration is good um, we are enjoying ourselves in Belize lots of exciting stuff now uh, let's get a little bit more specific David so one of the the secrets and one of the well the recipe of a lot of the success that you've had is the the, the business model obviously the science that it uh, that is involved and then the people uh, which uh, yeah you've mentioned this is a uh, um, sustainable uh, uh, model and doing things sustainably and socially sustainably. And uh, that, that's been wonderful to see th uh, th that you've done that as well. I wonder if you can uh, just elaborate a little bit on management operations and then share a little a bit about your, uh, a little bit more about your process. Operations are distributed by country with one exception. Our general manager, Andres Lopez <clears throat> here in Panama has a, uh, 30 years of agricultural experience and largely focused on coffee. Um, but as we developed the cacao business, we've given him the opportunity to work his magic on the cacao farming side of the operations in Belize. He has a full-blown team over there, farming manager. And I suspect that the, at, the, at this point in time, 35 farm hands that run the farming side of the division called uh, P&E Cacao Plantation. That's the growing farming side over there. Andres runs the uh, the coffee farm side here too. He has a team uh, that he stretches over both uh, both countries for the farming side. He has a, a biologist that works for us, and she's involved in uh, very heavily involved in the coffee and cacao science side of our business. We have two agronomists that are involved in the business. One spends a lot of her effort on Belize, and the other one spends a lot of her effort on coffee here. Part of his team. Um, then we have 35 or 40 farming hands here in Panama in coffee. So 75 or 80 people in the, in the team that are in the farming side and in the processing side. We have built our own beneficio in Spanish, which is a wet and dry coffee processing mill in English. We have our own mill here. It's a five-star state-of-the-art uh, facility that we built with the best equipment available from a company called Pinalense in, in Belize. We bought the best we could. We put it together uh, very professionally and we process our own coffee exclusively here. So again, traceable coffee that we know exactly how it's been 
been processed. That makes a big difference to the quality, makes a big difference to the end price, it makes a big difference to the traceability for the people who want to buy the coffee. We do the same thing in, in Belize. We built a beneficio there, which is a, a fermentation and drying depot, for example, and it can handle mm, 80 metric tons of cacao on an annual basis before we add some mechanization to it. It's all done in uh, the traditional Mayan way with uh, sun drying of the cacao and, uh, and regulation, regular f fermenting in wooden boxes, the way it's been done for centuries. And we continue on to do that, but we can handle about 80 metric tons. Um, we did 31 tons last year, and that number and the 80 metric tons is more than Belize exported uh, more than Belize produced in the, in the previous years before we came along. So we're influencing the market significantly with the, the, our socially sustainable pricing, which is done on purpose to make sure that the 204 families, uh, which will be 300, 400, 500 over the next few years, um, all have a way to support themselves. So a big team, all supported by a uh, executive and middle-level management group of people, um, the usual, two bookkeepers, an accountant, a vice president of operations, a finance department, um, a human resources department, a marketing and public relations, graphic design and social media department. So we have a group of people that support all of this juggernaut as it's rolling along towards uh, fulfilling its goals of producing top quality, first quality coffee and cacao. And uh, it's nature, it takes time. You gotta plant these farms, it takes about three years of slugging away at it with not much cash flow coming out while nature does her thing, produces beautiful trees that grow wonderful cacao and coffee. And we're coming along, we were three years into that more or less four year cycle in coffee and we'll most likely have five times or maybe even 10 times as much coffee in two more years that we have now. So it's happening. You're listening to David Sewell on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. You're listening to David Sewell on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and I'm back to our interview. David, can you share a little bit more information about the opportunity for listeners um, with uh, Panama, the coffee, and then also uh, how to get involved with the Belize opportunity? Both more or less the same structure. Uh, what we do is we, we buy underperforming commercial coffee farms or underperforming land in Belize that may or may not have cacao on it. Usually it has a one acre out of the 30 acres that the family owns is, is sown to cacao because they can't afford to do anymore. So we, we acquire those farms uh, from the sellers who, who want to be out of the business or who want to come back and work for us, uh, but using our know-how and our capital to, uh, to be able to uh, improve the quality of their life. So we do that. We take the farms and subdivide them into half-acre parcels, and those half-acre parcels are offered for 
investment by qualified purchasers who want to have an offshore hard asset land in the specialty agricultural business turnkey managed for you um, with a socially sustainable a heavy socially sustainable orientation towards supporting the people that do all the hard work it has an annual passive cash flow that starts after two or three years maybe sometimes even four depending on the nature of the farm it's not a uh, get rich quick scheme or it's not a farm flipping scheme it's a long-term agricultural investment meant to be held for at least five to seven years and if you do your homework you'll find out that it's a legacy investment and you probably would want to keep it forever um, so we, we offer that opportunity both in coffee and cacao coffee is eighteen thousand dollars for the parcel and a five percent transfer tax that goes to the government and Belize cacao is $24,500 a parcel with a similar tax, transfer tax uh, added to the price, 5%. Uh, just a warning to everybody though, that's going to change because the re recent regulatory changes in the environment in Belize have, they've decided now that 5% is appropriate for Belizean people, but 8% is better for foreigners. So we're going to have to increase that by 3%. And there's some other tax changes going on there. But currently, it's 24,500 plus 5%. But just a heads up for people who might be thinking a six months or a year down the road, this might make sense to them. It'll probably change somewhat to keep up keep up with the regulatory environment. But that's basically what we do. Yeah, and, and can you share a little bit more about the cash flow? I like what you said. I, you know, we don't like to get rich, rich quick stuff. We like to get wealthy for sure, <laughs> and we are focused on legacy investing. Um, but can, can you share a little bit more about the cash flow um, uh, that these investments offer for investors? Currently, we are acquiring raw land farms, both in Belize and in Panama. We have in the past acquired uh, producing farms. They're coffee farms. They're generally older farms. They have a, a, some, some coffee coming off of them and there was a, in the early days there was some dribble of cash flow uh, coming from that not so good coffee that we acquired that we need to turn around into the specialty coffee that we're proud of. But that little bit of cash flow produced a 1%, 2%, 4%, kind of returns in the first couple of years for the investors that came in in 2015, 2016 even a few people that came in in early 2017. But lately, uh, we've run out of producing coffee farms that we can acquire at the right price and have segued into buying raw land that we can then develop our own farms in. And Andres Lopez, our general manager that does all the farming, prefers that because he's an engineer and he's a very experienced coffee guy. And he would rather build his own farm <clears throat> scientifically to be the best possible farm constructed in the area. The old farmers have done willy-nilly planting. They don't take into account the sun, the wind, the soil, the erosion factors, and all kinds of other things that are environmentally responsible that are necessary in this day and age to be a 21st century farmer. So he prefers to build them from scratch, and that's what we're doing. So building them from scratch means there's no coffee. It means there's no cash flow for year one, year two, maybe even year three. Um, then the cash flow starts quite quickly once the um, 
crop comes in in year four it takes us a uh, we have to harvest it we have to process it we have to rest it we have to sell it we have to get paid and so the annual distributions are in the fall generally right now we're just about to do our third annual distribution in coffee it'll go out this month three distributions in a row as scheduled as planned as forecasted and we're somewhere between 92 and 94 percent of our pro forma numbers um, even though I forecast those numbers back in 2014, we're hitting the numbers now. Um, we'll have a lot more coffee coming along and uh, the cash flow rapidly increases. Um, averages 12% is the number. If we, we take a 20 year slice of time, there's nothing magic about 20 years except that it's a, a, a fairly typical time period for agricultural pro forma forecasting. And we do the, our homework on that. We base all of those numbers on currently existing farms as coffee's been around forever in Boquete. So we know what we're doing when it comes to numbers and what we expect for our direct costs and our input costs and our overheads and our management and all that. So it's pretty accurate. Um, those numbers turn into decent cash flow, which averages over that 20 year period of 12% IRR or annual interest or annual yield. The numbers become double digit high double digit numbers, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26% a year, seven, eight years down the road when everything's growing, everything's mature, we've got a full handle on all the farms, we're managing the, the coffee production cycles, everything's humming along. And you can see those numbers when you go through the pro forma that's available through our websites um, when you do your homework, when you do your due diligence. That's why we call it a legacy investment because there's not too many people when you're seeing 18 or 22 or 24% annual annual return on your, on your cash, having received all your money back by the fifth or sixth or seventh year, depending on the farm, you're in pretty good shape. So wanting to sell that would require a psychiatric investigation before we let you do it. Uh, but uh, it's your land. You can do whatever you want with it. So you could want to sell it, you sell it. Um, you can't do that until you've been in three years. We do that just to protect you from yourself because you're going to lose a lot of money if we don't have, a, have enough time to turn the farm into a producing farm and you want out. Um, the value is all in the future crop. And if that crop's not there, you should be hanging on. So don't even consider doing any of this uh, for a three-year hold and you should really not even seriously consider it for a five or seven-year hold that that'll get you somewhere but uh, it really is a long-term play it's agriculture uh, the we most of us know that the vast majority of multi-millionaires and billionaires have all been made in the real estate business and particularly in the ag, ag business where the long-term hold of over over um, many, many, many years of producing agricultural land has been the source of the highest wealth in the world. Not necessarily the most immediate cash flow, but wealth, true long-term wealth. So that's the that's the story behind the cash flow. And this, it's the same story in Belize. We have to plant from the raw land. It takes three years to uh, for the pod the uh, cacao pod to grow and then we process it and do the same thing so those are the same the numbers and the style of the business are equal absolutely and um some of other factors that might might uh, impact uh, the investment at some stages just for uh some education for our listeners too might be probably the the weather patterns correct 
weather is an important criteria. That's why we prefer to build our own farms from scratch because we can then take into account the weather on this side of the hill and the weather on the other side of the hill. And they're different. Here in, Boc in Bocchetti, we have up to 30 different microclimates just in the little area where we go coffee here. So it can vary from one side of the hill to the other. We have one farm uh, in Horketa, which is the name of an area here. And on when you drive in and on this side of the farm, and the first thing you see, you see a certain type of coffee. It's called Tipica. And you see a big pile of Tipica growing, growing everywhere. You walk through the farm and you walk over the hill and around the corner and into the area and you come across a completely different area. It's a valley. It looks different. It's not as steep. It's got different shade, different soil. And then there's a different kind of coffee called Pacamara that's planted there. And so we can engineer our farms to fit the weather and, and the and the rain is important the soil is important the wind is important how much breeze they get um, the quality of the soil is important how we manage the soil by replacing the nutrients that we take out as opposed to just sucking nutrients out forever and never replacing anything which is the old way of farming so we have a complete biological plan that replaces all of that so we engineer those farms. We reduce the amount of, of uh, trees on the farm, for example. So a, a current farmer would have loaded up a, um, a hectare of, of farms, two and a half acres of farm with maybe 6,000 trees, 5,000 sometimes, but never less than 4,000. And we don't do any more than 3,300. We plant 3,333 trees exactly in a, in a hectare of property scientifically engineered the art of coffee and cacao science to make sure that the trees can breathe, get the sun, get the wind, we have enough nutrients in the soil, and we get more coffee and more cacao with higher qualities out of that than we do by stuffing too many trees on the land that can't support it. This is an example. Great. So what we have is an offshore agriculture agricultural investment in two geographic areas that are growing and positioned to thrive in two specific commodities, coffee beans and cacao, uh, where the demand exceeds the supply globally. And then also you have a, a, a company that's positioned in the specialty niche. So you're not competing with Dunkin' Donuts and Hershey chocolate bars. And uh, there's a turnkey operation to get involved in. Now, David, you guys have done uh, and you, uh, you do tours okay, um, regularly for uh, prospective investors and folks interested. Can you share a little bit more information about that? Sure. We love to have people come down and what we lovingly call kick the trees not the tires, kick the trees. Come down and see our tenants. If you're a real estate investor or a real estate owner uh, and you have a bunch of doors out there somewhere and you have toilets and, and, and tenants and termite problems and people moving out in the middle of the night without paying the rent and taking your furniture with them, you can get rid of all of that by investing in nature. The trees show up for work every day. Um, they know exactly what to do, how to grow coffee, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing to behold. Coming down to the farms is, uh, is absolutely magical. You, when you get on the farms, you really can feel the energy. You've got 50,000 trees surrounding you. You're, you're standing in our nursery with 80,000 baby trees that are only six inches or a foot tall very cool you can come come and see our what we lovingly call our worm hotel which is the our term for a vermi composting system which utilizes Cal california earthworms and compost that comes off of our beneficio 
our, our, our mill, which is entirely 100% recyclable, so there's no environmental damage to processing coffee. You can see how we do that whole thing. You can hold the worms and the compost in your hands and see how this works, how the reproduction through the, through the worms is, is magnificently uh, perfect for us to replace what we take out of the soil and, and to feed our trees in any, in a unique fashion. So you can see all of that. You can stand on the farms. You can pick some cherries if you want, if you come during um, harvest season from October through April. You get to meet the team, which is really important. The team is the guys that are going to deliver this investment for you and me and everybody else. All of us that are involved is our team. So you'll get to meet Andres and you'll meet the biologists, you'll meet the agronomists, you meet the coffee farmers, you get to see the families. You'll, you can play with them, bring some presents to the 61 kids that we sponsor in school this year. Our socially sustainable program is important to us. We pay better wages. We, we feed and house the people much better than their their. Uh, the previous uh, employers, which are uh, people from their own country, and you'll see, you can you can firsthand understand all of that. You'll get a, a, a real solid f feeling about how we do it, who we are, what our our capabilities are, what our characters are like, what our commitment is, and you can measure all that yourself rather than hearing it from from MC or me or anybody else on the on the net. Come down. And we do that three or four times a year in each location on a group tour. And we have 12 to 15 people, all like-minded people. Everybody gets together. We all have a really good time. Most people exchange um, what, uh, email addresses and then become friends for longer periods of time. And we drink some wine and we eat some really, really good food. We wander around the farms and we enjoy the sunshine and we get rained on and soaking wet. Uh, but we all have a, a hoot for four, usually four days, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday, either in Belize or in um, Panama. Fantastic. Well, next time you take a sip of, uh, of some coffee or you take a bite of a delicious uh, a piece of chocolate, just think that you can be cash flowing and creating cash flow from those commodities as well. David, this has been a blast. It's always great to connect. Um, where can listeners reach out to you? Where can they follow you and where can they request more information regarding the opportunities that you've shared? You and I had a brief discussion before we went on air about how we're packaging this. We have quite a few brands now with coffee and cacao and the trading companies and the, and the retail businesses, both in coffee and chocolate, um, scattered around the two countries. So we've aggregated that into a company called Agro Nosotros. Uh, it's a play on agroforestry, which is what we do, and nosotros, which is we in Spanish. So we have Agro Nosotros as the umbrella company and the fastest and easiest way for you to get information is to go to that website it's just simply www.agronosotros.com a-g-r-o-n-o-s-o-t-r-o-s agronosotros.com on that site you'll be able to read all of everything you need to know about the coffee side of the business everything you need to know about the cacao side of the business and in there is an opportunity for you to sign up for our our email campaigns and our information you get access to all of the, all kinds of goodies on the site you sign up for that you'll get an automatic drip email uh, every other day for three uh, for six days three drip emails explains the deal to you you can read all about it on the site It'll explain it to you with no requirement on your part to do anything but read it if you want. And 
if you then are interested in asking questions, contact us and we'll get we'll, we'll deal with you. We'll, we'll answer all your questions. We'll do everything we can to help you make an informed decision, whether it's yes or no. But we won't call you. Uh, we won't bother you. You asked for the information. You got the information. You can read the information. We know everybody's uh, smart. You look at the websites, read all this stuff get back to us and uh, we can answer the frequently asked questions even though there is a frequently asked questions section on the website which should answer most of your questions we've we have 15 farms and most of them are completely sold out so pretty well every question that's ever been asked we've tried to answer in advance so all the information is there but the onus is on you if you like it get back to us and uh, we'll be more than happy to walk you through all of the process. On that agronozotros.com site, you can also continue on by filling out an investor questionnaire, which is designed for us to get to know you, and a non-disclosure agreement as well. And you fill those documents in and send it to us, then we'll give you a members area login private password where you can get into the goodies. We keep the purchase agreements and the ownership agreements and the financial pro forma and all that stuff in there. So you need to qualify to get in there and that's for your protection and for our protection so that we don't have people that are coming in for the wrong reasons. And we are adamant about that. And we do turn people away that don't fit the investment profile that is necessary to be a happy camper in the merry band of Panamanian or Belizean cacao and coffee farmers. It's not for everybody, but that's the best way to do it. www.agronosotros.com. There's links in there to the coffee websites. There's links in there to the cacao websites, and there's all the information you need um, at your disposal, should you so wish. Fantastic. David, thank you so much again for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and your journey and providing so much value for my listeners. It's absolutely my pleasure. I love speaking with you. I like the questions you ask, and it's, it's our pleasure. We look forward to seeing everybody and anybody that wants to come down. I did forget to say that in the group tours, there are also an opportunity to come individually if you can't make the group timing. If you happen to be in the area, you're coming to Panama on a vacation, or you want to do something down here, let us know, and we'll give you a private tour. Fantastic. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Ninja to 44 I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily 
Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.